This podcast is a part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org. Welcome back to the second episode of 1801 Live. Again, my name is Anna White and I am the host of this um, initiative. But today we have our very first organization that student government is partnering with, one that is very near and dear to my heart, the Theta Gamma chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And in partnership with them, we brought the best guest on for the second episode, Miss um, Yvonne Miller, who was the first African-American woman to be student body vice president at the University of South Carolina. But before we get into our spiel and talk about all the things that we're going to talk about, I would love it if they could give an introduction. So thanks guys for joining me. Can you guys introduce yourselves? I'll go ahead and go. Um, so I am Taryn Moyer. I'm currently the president of the Theta Gamma chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. I am a graduating senior majoring in criminal justice and sociology. <laughs> and Yvonne, if you can introduce yourself. Um, well, uh, thank you for that introduction. My name is Yvonne Miller. And just as you said, I serve in the Student Government Association as vice president. Um, I also um, am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And I was made at the Theta Gamma chapter at USC as well. Uh, I am a lawyer and a writer currently residing in Washington, D.C., and it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, so, so excited to have both of you guys on. Um, so just talking about before we get dive in, how are you guys doing with everything that's going on? I know we briefly talked before uh, we started recording about COVID-19, specifically in D.C., because that is kind of a targeted point when it comes to this pandemic. So how has life um, been since? Well, uh, I'm not exactly sure how um, South Carolina has handled it uh, exactly, but uh, here in D.C., uh, our mayor, Muriel Bowser, she uh, issued a stay-at-home order at the end of March. I think it was like March 23rd or 24th. Um, I had actually already been quarantined uh, and was working at home starting about March the 9th or 10th. The days are starting to run together. Uh, But uh, you know, uh, but we have like 20, um, subway or metro stations closed. The buses are running on like a Sunday skeleton schedule. Uh, non-essential businesses have been closed for quite some time. And we have been encouraged by all of our local leaders, including the mayor to stay indoors. And so I have been doing that and abiding by that. Do you typically use um, the public transportation system or by car or kind of a mix of both? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I actually live right across the street from a train station. So I use the train all the time. I use the buses all the time. Um, I really don't really drive that much. I live in the city, so it's more of a hindrance, quite honestly, for me to have a car. Um, but when I first moved to DC, I did actually have a car, but within about a couple of years, I got rid of it because it was just too much. 
Right. And so with the train stations closed, has that been difficult or how does that work for you to get perhaps to the grocery store and back? Oh, sure. Um, well, it doesn't affect uh, me, thank goodness, because, uh, you know, we live in the technological age. So we have things like Instacart and, um, you know, other food delivery services. So I get everything delivered here. So I don't really have to go anywhere unless I really want to take a walk outside or uh, I do have a little dog. So we do go on a few walks a day, but um, it hasn't really been a hardship for me. I don't have to worry about leaving my apartment to really go anywhere. Um, my nails look a mess. My eyebrows look a mess. Um, <laughs> And you see oh, this going through it. And you see this uh, scarf uh, in a turban on my head. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you, darling. But um, you know, I guess I'm making a joke. But in all seriousness, all of that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is people staying in, being safe, and um, not spreading the virus. So. Um, there have definitely been some life changes for me, but for everybody. So I don't, I don't dare think that I'm special, but um, I actually think that I'm very fortunate to live in a place where our leadership is still encouraging people to stay in and they do not want us out in the streets uh, doing anything. And I'm really thankful for that. Right. And then Taryn, um, being a senior last year, you're just about to finish out last semester. We know looking forward to the last, Triple AS cookout, last few events, um, mm -hmm. gathering around as a circle um, in order to see your graduation May. And now the pandemic happened. Yes, a lot of the things have been postponed, but also a lot of things have been canceled because of that. So how are you getting through that time? How is school? Um, and what are you doing in order to still find the light in things that are happening right now? Um, it definitely has been an adjustment. Um, in the sense that for me, my biggest thing this semester was my honors thesis. Um, I need that in order to graduate from the honors college and writing from home from like your bed space is a lot harder than I think anybody thinks it to be like normally you're like, yeah, I want to do work at home. Like I want to be in my comfort. But when you don't have a choice, it's very hard to find that motivation. So my biggest struggle, like the past month and a half, two months, however long it's been going on um has been finding that motivation to do that but it's slowly coming along um i actually just bought a hammock last week so that i can do work outside and like find a happy space to focus um what else did you ask me just how transitioning even academically but just socially too so has that affected you at it all? Was, it was hard at first and you know all of us were being stubborn with like oh it's not that serious you know I was on um spring break when all like we found out we weren't going back to classes for a little while and it was just like oh this is weird like okay just another week of spring break <laughs> um and then maybe like three weeks in when the death toll started rising and everything most of my friend group was like all right this is getting serious um so it's been a lot of FaceTime calls you know Hannah, you and I FaceTime a lot um, just to kind of help each other, motivate each other to get through things. So that's kind of been how socially that's worked. Um, I definitely can relate when it comes to spring break. So we heard like 
on the news every now and then there was a thing called the coronavirus, whatever, kind of out of out of sight for us. But it was like, so what are you doing? I'm, I'm going on the cruise and then what are you doing? I'm going to Savannah. So still living our lives. And then even when the university closed the week after, we're like, okay, I mean, I guess we just get an extended spring break. So, I mean, that's fine. Then it got two weeks. And then at the two week point, I was like, this is this. I have never heard of the university and everything closing. I think it started for me when the NFL, was the NFL or NBA, I think it was NFL, NBA. Yes, when they, when they canceled everything. I was like, the N- I have never heard of the NBA canceling everything. So that's when it really shocked me. I was like, okay, I have not left my house since I've lost track of time. So I used to count the days weeks I've been in my house so I know that it's very serious to practice social distancing um big thing has been graduations um that was a really big moment for me too because we weren't the first like we weren't one of the first schools to postpone graduation so I can't remember it was a school up north but when they announced that they were canceling I said oh man this is gonna keep this isn't gonna be good um and I think not as much me it hasn't had as big of an impact on like me emotionally with graduation and stuff. Mine's more so like what's happening after graduation and those internships and things being postponed and up in the air. But I know it's affected a lot of my senior friends who were looking forward to May 9th, May 8th, May 9th um, and walking across the stage. But gratefully ours is just postponed and not canceled because some schools have completely canceled it and some schools pushed it to like October um, and ours is just in August, so just a couple more months. But I know it's been a big thing for a lot of people. But um, just talking about student life, though, uh, specifically, Yvonne, I know like in your introduction, you just listed a few things. And that was just to keep it short, because I know you were involved in so many things. But if you could talk a little bit about what did being a student look like um, here at your time at USC? Um, what were you involved in? What leadership positions did you have? The good, the bad, everything. Hmm. Okay. This is an amazing question. Um, you know, whenever I do go uh, back uh, to USC or to Columbia, which is really not that often at all, um, and I was planning on uh, going to Columbia when I went home to Spartanburg, which is where I'm from, um, this spring. But of course that trip did not happen. So, um, so whenever I do, uh, go back, it's like, have you ever heard of that saying the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it's like, I don't know, just when I think about any time that I've been back to USC since, it's like, you know, those gates on Green Street, it's like everything is different, but then everything is not so different. And so as a student, um, like I said before, like you actually mentioned before, I was um, student body vice president. um, And at the same time, while I was campaigning for that for that position, I was actually um, going over Theta Gamma at the same time. So, um, yeah. yes, just like the song. Like <laughs> I didn't even know that could be a thing at yeah. the same time. You are super oh, woman. you're different. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't even think about it really at the time because it was two things that I really wanted. And it was like, there's no way that 
there was just no way I was going to forego either one of those things. In fact, I had a professor, his name is Dr. Eric Collins. I don't even know if he's still alive, uh, but he used to teach media law uh, there in um, the journalism school. And I had a Tuesday, Thursday, 8 a.m. class at the Coliseum, and I was going late every single class. And finally, I walked in one day, and he, and I said, I mean, I guess I've always kind of had a little bit of tenacity or a little bit of sass. And so instead of like sneaking to the back of the class, I never did that. I would, I had a seat in the very front row. I would politely just, excuse me, I'm sorry, excuse me. And I would sit down at the, in the front of the class late, late every, <laughs> every time. And finally, after about, hmm, what, when did doctor, I think maybe, I think maybe it was like the third week. He said, he stopped and he was just like, he was like, Miss Miller, we're so happy <laughs> that you came. He was just like, I, I've seen your posters all over. <laughs> like, are you, are you going to be coming to my class on time at all this semester? And I was like, honestly, Dr. Collins, no. No, I'm not going to be uh, coming to this class on time. <laughs> I have a lot of obligations right now, and I love your class. And it was truly my favorite class. I was not pandering to him. I was not sucking up. I was not... Um, you know, kissing behind, if you will. Like I was, it, he was, it was really my favorite class. And at, that was in that class that I actually decided, Taryn, to go to law school through that media law class. But the timing, my guy, the timing was horrible. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a lot of late nights. It was a lot of like, it, it was just the timing was trash. And when? so I, I, I mean, I, and it, that day I, which I think he thought I was trying to be funny to him. And so he was like, okay, well, he's like, well, let's chat about it after class. And so I told him that day, I said, Dr. Collins, I was like, I love this class. And I was just like, you know, please don't fail me because I'm coming in late. I was just like, I'm a student leader. I was like, and my grades are good. I was still doing the work of the class. Um, except for we ha would have like these like pop quizzes at the start of the class. So I was missing those, but I was getting notes from a friend who sat behind me, who's actually now still one of my best friends to this day. She was like saving my tail because she would give me the questions and I would turn my questions in at the end of class, not still the pop quiz time, but just to show him I was serious. I wasn't trying to be funny, but I was like, you know, I, and she said like the second day, she was like, you're missing the pop quizzes. Like, do you know that? And I was like, yeah, he mentioned that. And so she, from then on, she was like giving me the questions. I would answer them. And, but for the fact that they were late, they were actually correct. Like I wasn't doing that in his class at all, but it was just, so I'm, I'm going, I, I'm taking you down this. <laughs> I'm taking Shout out to Dr. Down, Collins, wherever. <laughs> to, to explain to you that I was overextended before I even knew that term or I, I didn't even, I didn't know what that even meant, but I was juggling SGA, AKA I was, um, I was involved in, uh, the student chapter of NAACP. I also was, um, in the honor society. I did student outreach for RHA, which is the residence hall association, because for several years I was an RA as well. So, um, I was an RA in both, Patterson and McClintock 
And so, you know, so that whole thing had its own schedule. Uh, I was vice president of sorority council representing Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And I was involved in the chapter. And I think that that helped me understand time management, helped me understand, quite frankly, alliances, because I would have to, uh, you know, you're moving in a lot of circles and a lot of rooms. And sometimes, you know, classes, I would not make it to some of my classes. And so I would have friends who would be like, hey, girl, I got these notes. Don't forget the test is this day. I talked to my teachers a lot. I was like, hey, you know, I would love to go to the seminar, but I actually have to meet with the president of the university at this time. So it, it taught me how to work with people that were much older than me and um, be able to receive communications about expectations and also meet uh, communicate my expectations of certain situations. Um, and so my, my days were very busy and, but they were also very fun because a lot of my friends were also student leaders. So, you know, you still have that work hard, play hard kind of theme too. So we were, you know, running crazy Monday through Friday, but then at the basketball games or the football games or, you know, being in a sorority, there's parties, um, being Greek in general, there's just parties, there's functions that you go to. And so I'm not going to say that I was, you know, held hostage by my student obligations. In fact, I think that they probably grew me up in a way that um, was really helpful, but also really fun. Like I had a, I had a ball. <laughs> so did you always know that you were going to get involved on campus? Because how many things you got involved in? You have my thought process. You had to have like some sort of game plan. I have never heard, or maybe was this common back then? Because I have never heard of someone being an RHA dance marathon student government Greek yeah. life honors. And you're probably probably like forgetting a few things yeah, too. Probably. Like yeah. <laughs> well, and then the other part of that is you know when you're doing student leadership, which I'm sure you girls understand this. Especially, you know, Taryn um, with AKA as well. You know, you're, and then people are call, constantly calling your phone. Like, can you come speak here? Can you come uh, give us uh, what, what's going on with the students on campus? You know, especially with the ladies in Gamma Nu. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the situation is right now, but they would, call, you know, they would call your phone. I mean, there was, it was not odd at all to hear from Dr. Sorensen's assistant in the middle of the day or, if Zachary couldn't go somewhere, he was the president at the time, then that meant I was going. Um, and so it was very, when I first got to USC, I knew that I wanted to make a, di make a difference. I use air quotes because we all want to technically make a difference. I don't think anybody on this call right now is like, oh, I don't want to make a difference in the world. You know I mean? I think we all kind of want to have a legacy and make a difference, but, um, when I first got to USC, I went to a big high school too. So uh, Hannah, you and I have talked about this, but I'm a graduate of Dorman High School in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And so that was a big school too. So I was kind of always used to that big pond environment. So I knew that uh, as a freshman, I probably would need to get the lay of the land more so because USC was a much bigger pond. But uh, once I figured out kind of, you know, how things worked and like who was who, then, you know, I kind of started from there. Um, 
I started being an RA because you got access to the dorms early. Mm -hmm. And so you got, so, you know, so there's that. And so you, um, were all automatically like clued into what else was going on on campus. And that kind of just kind of spurred my leadership from there because I started going to the student government office as part of, as part of an initiative from RHA. So then I got exposed to, um, to that. And then Katie Dryling, who was um, a student government uh, president, as you know, uh, she kind of became my mentor. And um, from there, you know, everything else just kind of um, came into fruition. But what, what I didn't anticipate, I'll be honest, was a when AKA was going to um, come into the equation. But my presence in the student government office is actually what um, actually led to me being able to uh, be in Theta Gamma. So, you know, it is, um, it's one of those things where I think that it's really important to bloom where you're planted and to not ever say no or to never um, put limits on yourself. It's so interesting to hear you speak about your experiences because you just remind me so much of myself like the being late to class and having to explain to your professors like I promise like I'm doing things it's not that I'm neglecting your class um like having good grades in the class but like absences and tardiness being your down your like only downfall um my junior year I actually switched I've had such a ride with my majors I was initially I came in a criminal justice major switched to math because I was like I love math and then my junior year I said you know what math might not be for me um, and I switched to being a double major in criminal justice and sociology so I had about a year and a half to knock out two whole majors so junior year for me was kind of how your whole experience sounds I was doing that I was a senator vice president for Theta Gamma um, I co-founded the Black Honors Caucus. We started that for the Honors College with one of my uh, good friends. Uh, I just had involved, I can't think, I'm sure I was doing some other stuff, but those were like the major things, student government, TG, all of that. And I was having that same issue of like not getting to class on time, um, having to have a lot of conversations with my teachers. And luckily without like them being understanding and supportive and me knowing how to talk to them, I don't know if I would have made it through. Yeah. I feel like the Honors College does great in that aspect of the professors relating. I wonder how it is for like just regular students because especially my fall semester, um, I had an 8 a.m. statistics class and every class I would come in like 15 minutes before the bell, or not bell, but before class was over. And my the professor would look at she wouldn't even acknowledge me really but i just knew she was upset with me so every day it was just like clockwork i knew i would come in 15 minutes before class was over but i made sure to come in office hours at like 3 p.m right before my next meeting just be like listen you have to bear with me you have to bear with me for this time like i promise you i got like a's on all my exams i did the work i was great but the attendance oh my goodness and I was like I just had to beg I was like please please like I'm a good student I like this class this is one of my favorite classes like you're a great professor usually how it is yeah it's just 8 a.m <laughs> well see all of my classes were like 
regular classes because I knocked my honors requirements out freshman year. So I had that same thing. But what I did, and Hannah, you know this, this past, like for my senior year, I tried to take as many online classes as I could. So like right now I have seven classes and six of them were online. So even the switch with the whole coronavirus was super easy because all my classes were already online. So for those student leaders who watch this and they like resonate with what's going on and what we're talking about, online classes for me personally, great. Manage your own time. It was beautiful. It's been perfect. And I think it's different for different people. So Yvonne, you can even test to if you took online classes or not, because I, I cannot do online classes. Like this time right now, it's really taking every bit of focus, resource, friend, every professor, prayer, the whole nine, just to get through these last few weeks. Because it's just as simple as I'm on my laptop. There's this monotone voice typically talking to me and I can click this X and then you know especially as like student leaders like we all are or were you know you have so much stuff that you could be doing too so it's like I mean yes I also could be doing this someone will call you and say hey someone will call you and we're in this pandemic we can't see anyone so if you see your friends calling I haven't talked I miss you X and I'm answering the face back and so that's my biggest issue it's more probably um taking authority to yourself of okay I gotta get this stuff done and you know even you Tia, I know we talk you're like it might be the last day before it's due but it's going to get done if that right. makes sense right oh yeah I might pull all nighter but it's gonna get done it's gonna get done but specifically um Yvonne for even I did not know that but campaigning how was that and then I don't I don't believe did you guys have tickets in 2005 or did you just campaign by yourself? No, um, we campaigned um, individually. Do you all have tickets now? Yes, and so we have tickets. You can choose to campaign individually, but most people join a ticket. So I campaigned on a ticket with the president. Nice, okay, that's so, that's super cool. No, we didn't have tickets at that time. It was all um, campaigning uh, on our own. And uh, I don't know. And me as a candidate, that probably just worked, that probably would just work better for me anyway. Not that I wouldn't have wanted to join a ticket, but um, I don't know. I, that, that's kind of a cool thing, though. I would, I would be interested to hear, you know, more about that um, at another time. But, um, yeah, I would go to class, go to meetings in the afternoon, and then hit the organizations at night. Um, I had a great management team, Ashley and Josh. And they had me in front of everybody and the organizations that I was already a part of, you know, you know, I mean, there, I mean, that wasn't an issue. You know, some organizations that you're not going to necessarily have to be in front of other than your presence there already. But um, yeah, I mean, I was going to the Greek village. I was going to like all the off campus um, stuff. Like, you know, there was, there was somewhere every day I was, you know, speaking, I was, um, appearing on, I appeared on like the campus radio show a couple times, um, you know, different like PR events for the school. And sometimes when we would go to student events that the president, um, and his staff would host or the president's office would host, Grabby campaign in there. I mean, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of babies to kiss, but I was shaking everybody's hand. Please believe it. Um, and <laughs> It was a very, it was a very hectic 
schedule. It was a very hectic, which is, which is why I was going to, you know, class late and leave, but sometimes leaving class early. And in fact, one of my professors, and I still keep in touch with him, Dr. McEver Floyd, he taught African-American lit and he was, so, he was crazy, but he was so cool. And I would come in and I would do all the reading and everything. Like, like I said, I was still doing my work, kind of like what you said. It was still getting done. Now, whether it was getting, you know, turned in at the proper time, meaning like at the beginning of class when everybody else was turning in their stuff, or if it was like, hey, I'm going to slide this to you now because I know I'm about to dip out, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like he stopped class one time. <laughs> he stopped class one time. It was a Friday. And because um, I had emailed him and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm probably not going to make it to um, class today. <clears throat> um, you know, please accept my apology. I have like another meeting. And he was like, and he had been so good to me. And I felt so bad sending that email. And so I actually went to the class. And so he was like, oh, you came. And I was like, yes, I did. And, I was like, and it was, it was such a transformative class for me because we studied a lot of different um, African-American authors. And, and I told him, um, I was just like, no, I, just, I really do appreciate what you're doing. And he stops the class. I was like, you know, um, and he used to call everybody like Miss So-and-so. So like Miss Moyer, Miss White. Like he, it was like a first name, like basis kind of thing. Like that's just not was, that wasn't his thing. <laughs> but he was like, class Miss Miller, you know, she's running for student government. You know, um, you know, she's worked really, really hard. And, you know, like what's, what are, what are y'all's voting plans? Like, are y'all gonna, uh, like, like what's the plan? I couldn't believe he did that. And he was like, you know, we need to support our own. Like he just, he went in on them and, and it was crazy because it was like, I, I almost didn't go to his class and he was already cutting me so much slack, but I was still doing my work, but he like really got on the, like, and he was like, you know, he's like, okay, you in the back road. Do, do have you logged on? Do you know what your, vote, your student ID is? Are you going to be able to vote? And it really, really like touched me. And so I said all that to say that, uh, you know, when you think about, different styles of leadership or hectic schedules or stuff like that. It really is about togetherness and it really is about like common bonds and mutual respect. I think, uh, even in, <clears throat> even now, you know, out in the real quote unquote working world or adult world, um, you know, rarely are you going to have two people who believe the exact same thing, right? Like even in the field of law, there's always going to be a side A and a side B, I mean, we don't really know what happened. We just know what we want. You know, we know what the outcome is that we want. Or we know what we think happened. But it's like, you got to figure out how to bring those two sides together. And that is what I learned probably the most um, uh, about my time at Carolina. Because, and people a lot of times have your back when you don't think that they will. And then sometimes people that you think might have your back don't necessarily. So these are all good lessons and things that um that i've learned but yeah as far as like scheduling and and time management or uh just to speak to the original question um i truly believe in like i would have everything written down i would have everything written down because we were kind of like had technology we had like email and blackboard and um 
stuff like that. But we don't have the technology that is present in colleges today. Uh, you know, and that, which is fine. I mean, I don't think we suffered from it, but, uh, or suffered due to it, but that wasn't the big thing. And on the campaigning as a student, like Ashley and Josh, they had, they always like had like my planner. They always had stuff like highlighted in there. Okay. You have to go here. You can go to your poli sci class for the first 45 minutes, but then you got to leave, grab some lunch on the way down to the Greek village or having a mixer. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And so that was, um, and then, you know, after, you know, you, you know, get of age after I was, you know, of legal age, then it was like, Hey, you know, make sure you have something on your stomach because we're going here or whatever. <laughs> and so I don't know if I can say that, but I mean, it's already, Brandon edited out. Brandon it's, is here. Yeah, if, it, if it's inappropriate, edit it talking? out, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's on you guys because I'm grown. But um, I, I, I definitely am really just grateful for learning how to move in just a constantly moving world. And going to what you said before about online classes, sis, I didn't want to even look at an online class because you know what that would have been like for me? Like instant failure, setting myself <laughs> up for failure. And here's why, even though I wasn't going to every single class, the accountability of me actually having to put my hips in the seat and talk to the teachers when I wasn't going to be there. I never missed a test now. I never missed a test. Now, yes, Dr. Collins, if you're still around, I, you know, I never made those quizzes. I never made them. I never made them. But the, but but I would go to his class though, and I was doing the reading, and I was doing like the real—I hate to say the real homework—but like I was doing all the other things. Um, and so I think that you know, online classes now are a necessity because we are living in this socially distant world um, to avoid you know uh, compromising our immune systems. But way back then, in fact, I had both Ashley and Josh, especially when I had decided that I was gonna, you know, and I started a campaign in like, or like the week that they release you to do it, you know, that you have to like, everybody comes together. It's like, I started that day. I had the stuff in my bag that day. I signed, <laughs> they were like, okay, you gotta watch this, sign this. Yep, I agree, you know, fam, 1801, boom. And I was off to the races. But the, but the thing that, that, that propelled me and gave me that structure was actually still having to be accountable for being in class. Cause see, also, I was a member of Theta Gamma and the, the uh, I'll say the, the young ladies that brought me into the sorority, they were like, yeah, I mean, you can't slack. So, like, however you have to do, you know, do whatever you do. But like, so it, that's another layer of accountability. And so I guess that would just be my theme. It's just accountability. You know, I had to be accountable to my teachers. And I had to be accountable to my parents because, let me tell you, Frank and Shishi were like, look, I mean, we, this, this, this Miss USC campaign you got going on, being in everything, and that's great. But at the end of the day, sorry, my dog wants to get on camera. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, you need to come out with a degree because that's what you're there for. And so just the layers of accountability really kind of had me prioritizing um, the things that were most important to me. So I have a question for you. Um, I actually, I realized you, Hannah knows this, you don't know this. Um, I ran for Speaker of the Student Senate my mm -hmm. junior year along mm -hmm. with everything else. Um, and I really, <laughs> it's funny because I decided to do that the day before 
the day of filing, mm-hmm. last day of filing, I said, you know what? Um, Hannah's mentor, Lyric Swin, actually pushed me to do it. She was running for president at the time. So I really just did it to kind of shake up the, the status quo. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, it was the same type of people always running. And I was just like, huh, why not just make make it fun? Um, so my question to you is going to be, you know, you were successful in your campaign. What was it like being the first black woman vice president? Um, I, first of all, I love the fact that you just decided to, you know, do it on the fly. Like, I, 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 lo- I just love that spirit because... I feel like that those are the people, you know, it's like, uh, like who cares? You know, not yeah. saying that you didn't take it seriously, but right. I feel like right. that's what we need in leadership to keep it fresh. Yeah. Because the same type of people, I mean, you know, they do run for those offices and my mentor, um, Katie Dryling, you know, when I, when she, we were first kind of like talking and stuff. Um, and I, I came to student government through RHA, but also through um, a minority affairs council that uh, Katie had set up because, uh, you know, and and her reason for doing it was because she recognized that there wasn't a lot of diversity uh, at the table and at the meetings. And so she gave that to me. And so then I found the people for the minority affairs board. And so that, that became you know, uh, just another way uh, that I was launched into leadership. But to your uh, question, you know, I feel like when I ran, I knew that I was the black girl running because I was the only, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are the things that you, you, you look at the other candidates and it's like, oh, you look the same, you look the same, you look the same. I mean, you know, I immediately stood out because I was black and female. And other and, people notice um, that too. It's not just something you ascribe for yourself. It's other people are putting that on you as well. Of course, of course. Well, and it's kind of that one of those things where it's just like, it, it, it didn't bother me because right. in my mind, I, that was just who I was. So I'm not here trying to necessarily apologize to you for being a woman, apologize to you for being black. I couldn't help any of those things, but what I can't, but what I do have control over is the direction that I want the school to go in. So in my mind, you know, and, and honestly, and I, and a lot of people and Katie even said this, uh, because there were some people who were just like, Oh, you know, like, how do you feel, you know, running against, you know, people that look nothing like you. And I was just like, I feel great about it because the, cho- the choice should be, be that much more obvious to you. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're looking for a new voice and you're looking for something new, wouldn't it, doesn't it make sense that you would even listen to what I have to say just to see if you like it because I'm different than everything else that you've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't ever apologize. I never have. I, I, and I'm not saying this for you. I'm not saying this to, you know, this is, this isn't even live. I mean, you guys are going to play this another time, but like, I've never apologized for the things that I say or do unless I find out later that what I say or did offended someone and is not a reflection of 
who I truly strive to be. Does that make sense? So like yeah. I wouldn't, I would, I was not going in these sorority meetings. And you know, I would go down to Greek Row with all my friends, you know, and I was Greek, and I would go and I would sit on, you know, sit there, go to their meetings too, go to their functions. I would do um, and then, you know, like the black Greek community is like a community within a community. So right. then I had a lot of um, people or friends or supporters or, or you know, my, uh, what do you call it, peers who were also supporting me. And they were also telling other people to support me. Again, some people who didn't look like me. So, you know, I think that to, to speak to, uh, you know, what your what well i hope i'm answering your question if i'm not feel free to take me down another road but i think that i there are very few um god-given blessings in life but i truly believe being a black woman is a god's is god's blessing for my life because i know what it is to work hard and i know what it is to empathize with people who may be looked at as some sort of underdog, you know, without taking that in as a label, right? Like I know how to empathize with someone who's an underdog, but I don't view myself as an underdog because as far as I'm concerned, I have the same qualifications. I have the same mind. I have the same abilities as anyone else. So I, and, and I think that challenging any sort of structure the right way and the appropriate way. And I'm not saying like do like a kamikaze style, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. but, but I mean, there are ways to challenge anything that you're involved in, in a way that is respectful of the organization as it is and yeah. respectful of you. Now I actually became vice president under, and I don't think that there's any way that you guys would know this because you guys are so far removed. Like, I don't need, I have no idea, uh, your ages, but at the time that I became vice president, there was actually, um, it wasn't a scandal, but it was kind of a kerfuffle that had happened, um, at a party between two, um, MPHC fraternities and two MPC. And it was, it was, it was really, um, it was crazy. And so, um, and then in before 2005, there was a, it, a few years prior to that, there was another issue. And so there were definitely some um, underlying um, race issues and some underlying issues as to how for different fraternities were treated on campus. And I remember talking to, um, I remember getting called out of class by Jerry Brewer. He, I don't know if he still is at the university at all, but he was, um, he was in, in leadership at the university and um, a lot of people didn't like, didn't care for Jerry. I loved Jerry because Jerry was one of those people. He would tell you how it was and that was it. It didn't matter. He's not talking to you about, you know, whether you got money or you don't, whether you black, whether you white. He was like, and he called me into the office and he was like, look, he was just like, we have seen you be a uniting force. He was like, I don't know what's going on with these fraternities over here and I don't know what they're going what's going on over here he was like but we're trying to get a team together to really like see if we can get the get to the bottom of this and get things back to um, normal and, and quiet down some of this unnecessary controversy and so um, and 
you know, we can talk, have another conversation about this in a, at another time. But what I learned from that experience is I didn't, I, what, again, I, I knew that, you know, being a black woman on campus was, um, you know, in leadership was maybe sort of an anomaly or could have been one, but the greater thing or the bigger thing was that sometimes we're put in positions and, and us being who we are is really what's going to be the answer to a situation. So, so I would say to you all, you know, embrace your qualities or your leadership style or your leadership dynamic. I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a rebel, but I definitely can identify with how you said, you know, I was seeing the same people do the same thing all the time. And I just decided to throw my hat in. And that was kind of, you know, what happened for me too. It's like, okay, they see me as the minority affairs board chair, but I can do more than that you know, or, or they know that I'm in a sorority and they may think that I'm just a sorority girl who, you know, cool. It's cool with dealing with black issues on campus. And so it's like, you should always be ready and be willing to push the envelope in whatever way you can to bring about the result that you want to see. Does that answer your question? That was a really long answer, but I'm just, I'm just kind of relating. I, I just wanted to make it relatable. Like why I'm saying what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. My next question was going to be like about the campus climate overall. So you went ahead and answered that too. So that was great. Thank you. And then what about collaboration across council? So I know you were like vice president of the sorority council. And mm -hmm. then you mentioned that you have friends in all councils on mm -hmm. campus or even in Greek Village, even though yeah. you're in MPHC. So how was the collaborative effort for leadership things, events, as well as just socially? Like was it pretty integrated or was it just you going out of the status quo and doing you because you know you want to be um, in different spaces or how how was it so I will say that that is a both and and not an either or so on the one hand uh, and and the other part is dance uh, being a part of dance marathon was a really uh, a good <laughs> a really good experience and I got recruited for Dance Marathon by some of my friends who were in AD Pi. And they, and so, but it was natural because I was already their friends. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were already friends. So it wasn't like, like we were just down. We were just down. And so um, and part of it was because I think there might have been some like uh, RA overlap in that, uh, if I unpack that further. But just being in the student government office, right? Just being involved in different things, you make friends. And then your friends want to do stuff that you want to do just like, you know, and vice versa. So I got in to my friends from AD Pi and one of uh, the co-chairs for Dance Marathon. They're also in student government. And I was just chilling one day and they came in and they're like, oh, we're going to do some stuff for Dance Marathon. I was like, okay. Like, I was thinking that they were going to, like, dance, like, at that time or that day or that weekend or something. I was like, okay, cool. And I went back to doing what I was doing because I, I was there for something else. And so um, Rachel and Josh, and they came back there where I was, and they were like, oh, well, do you want to know what we're working on? And I was like, I mean, you said this is a dance marathon thing. No, like, do your thing. 
And so I, they, it's like, because I didn't really know exactly what it was and because I think that they were kind of felt some type of way because we were already friends and I was kind of like, not, I wasn't, um, I wasn't pushing them off, but I was like, no, it's your thing. Like, I don't have to be in every single thing, even though people probably think I'm lying. I mean, cause I've been in so much, but, but yeah, like my uninterest ended up, they're like, oh no, 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 no. You just don't know. Cause if you knew what it was, you would want to be a part of it. Da, 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 da. Next thing I know, I had gone to class and came back. They were still there waiting on me. And they were like, no, you need to, we need to tell you what this is so you can understand why it's important to us. And then the rest was history. They dragged me to a practice and they were like, well, we still, um, we're just kind of getting stuff together. It was still early in the year. And so I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, y'all don't even have any moves like that. Like, what do y'all, what do you, what do y'all want to do? And so um, they were like, okay, well, you know, why don't you join? And that's kind of how that happened. Now, that's not saying that just because I had friends all over campus that didn't, uh, you know, look like me or whatever, that that um, there were definitely some spaces that I had to, uh, what is the right word, that I definitely had to, um, I definitely had to be more strategic about getting into um, certain spaces. Now, it, but it wasn't necessarily because it was, it wasn't always about being black or female, but some, some of it was because I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So, or like, you know, I don't really come from old Southern money. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm just a real, I'm, I really am just a middle-class kid from the upstate. And so there, you know, like when it came to like honor societies and stuff, like I, I knew that my grades were good, but I had to be very proactive when it came to doing things like that, because those, those organizations weren't necessarily you. I mean, you, I'm sure you guys know this. They're not necessarily chasing you down. Like you have to, if you meet certain criteria, they'll, you know, Oh, you should apply, but they're, they weren't necessarily, um, recruiting if you Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying and so um so some of those spaces where a lot of my friends were you know Greek non-Greek you know wherever I picked them up at or wherever we became friends at were in those spaces and I remember going to a, a one honor society meeting and it was a lot of people there and I was the only black and I was like and it wasn't really a whole lot of girls in there it was really like you know white guys which you know which is fine but it's sometimes I would kind of step back and say, okay, this is a space that if I'm going to stay here, I'm going to have to be very strategic about staying here because I don't really see any advocate for that looks like me. Nobody was trying to keep me out. Now I, I want to make that very clear, right. but it's just, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. And sometimes you push on a door or you try to open up a window. You might kind of stumble into something. Um, and so it was after that, that, uh, some, uh, of the, uh, I guess they were more like advisors. Then they, we, then we would start talking more so of like, okay, if you keep your grades above this, then you could stay in the, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, they saw me that I was interested, but again, it took me to actually go there to it, that nobody was coming to me. And right. so 
from, so to answer your question, um, I think that a lot of my involvement on campus was done peer to peer, meaning that I, it was done via interest. Um, I had a friend or it was something that I wanted to do like AKA nobody, t I, nobody really told me about AKA like that was that, you know, that my aunts and stuff, they were like, look, Right. I mean, don't get it twisted. You can go down there and do whatever you want. But. <laughs> okay. Right. So. We got you. We're here. Mm -hmm. so, there, so there's that. And so that I didn't need anybody to tell me anything about that. Like I already knew what was going on there. And I knew that I, I had what it took to be a student leader. So the SGA stuff wasn't really, but it's just, there were definitely some things that it's like, okay you know, I have good grades, I'm involved on campus, I can, I can step into this space and feel confident that I have something to, to bring. Yeah. Um, and so it was a little, it was a lot of different uh, things that kind of got me to the different um, organizations that I um, served in or, or was a part of. Yeah, I definitely can relate to everything you said, whether it was um, intentional, like AKA, mm -hmm. if I just saw you on Green Street and I and I took one of your flyers and it seemed like a good opportunity, and then went to an interest meeting and then went from there, mm -hmm. um, as well as just meeting people. I mean, in Russell House, eating or something, and then they tell me about themselves. I'm like, this is interesting. Let me find out what it is. All of those things come in, as well as especially the strategic portion of sometimes. I mean, that's just the nature of things. You have to be if you want to get somewhere, you have to figure out, okay, how, who is in this space? Who can I talk to? What friends do I know that know a little bit about that? And then go from there. But I and if I could say one, if I could say one more thing, I think it's important that you also look um, at professors and as um, even adjunct professors and then these directors of um, different departments because even before I became student body vice president, you know, I would email with different people. Like I emailed with the advisor for the honor society and like different things. And I would just say, let them know, like, I would like a meeting with you. Like, I mean, you know, I'm good with 15 minutes or, you know, or I would just go and knock on their door and introduce myself. And again, not because I believe in, you know, kissing up or any of that thing, but if people know that you're interested, if people see you trying, a lot of times they will take out the time themselves to educate you on things that you don't know or to let you know, hey, you know what, you actually do meet the criteria or you actually don't meet the criteria, but if you come back to me next semester with this or with it, it a lot of times you, you have to be your own, um, your own guide, you know, in a sense, uh, but you can use the leadership. I, there were great people, uh, Hannah, we've talked about this before that, uh, really, you know, had my back on a leadership level. Like, uh, one, uh, was Erica James Lake. I know she still does something with the university. I'm not sure what it was, but she was, um, the residence hall director for Patterson and she was an AKA at the time. So she knew what was up when I wasn't really meeting some of my obligations for Patterson hall. And she, you know, <laughs> stepped in to help me. Jerry Brewer was one, um, who he was the, I think he was the director of student life for a time. And then he might've been like, uh, he, he was, and he, 
he was an adjunct professor and some other things. Um, Carl Wells, he was the director of multicultural affairs. And it's like, I would go regularly before I was even in high leadership positions. I would go and knock on these people, the director of student, uh, Greek life, Gina Runyon. Like I would be like, Hey Gina, like this was before I even knew like what the fate of AKA was, but I knew that if it was going to be somewhere, I wanted to be wherever that was. So I was like, Hey Gina, you know, I know AKA is not here right now, girl, but you know, (laughs) um, just want to keep in touch. Okay. Have a great day. (laughs) Be well, you know what I mean? And you, and that, and that was my thing. It's not necessarily about what you know all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I know that we're kind of coming into time and we didn't even really touch much on your professional book career, but if you could briefly just um, specifically for Taryn and other seniors, um, Taryn's experiencing what your last few days as president of Theta Gamma and wow. So 48 (laughs) hours left um, of her reign as the president. And then she's transitioning. She wants to go into the career that you're going into. Just talk a little bit about that transition process. The theme of this episode is transition then versus now of how you transition from being a student leader to your career where you're at now. And then any advice you would give to Terrence seniors or any students that are listening. Okay. Um, well, again, I just want to say congratulations, Taryn. Um, you know, I, Clearly, I'm not in the Theta Gamma chapter right now, but I'm sure if I was, that all of our sorors would have uh, good things to say about you and your leadership. So thank you for that. Um, Regarding transitions, um, I guess more importantly for Taryn, uh, I took um, some time between um, undergraduate and law school. Uh, Out of school, um, I worked for a little bit, and then I actually joined the Obama campaign, and so did that uh, for um, about a year. So that was uh, a wild ride, and that's kind of what got me thinking about living somewhere on the East Coast, like D.C. or somewhere like that, because with the Obama campaign, I've was campaigning in a lot of different states, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Michigan. So I I got to see a lot of different um, atmospheres and communities and states that way. And I, you know, just opened up uh, a world for me. Like I, I, I knew the ins and outs of leadership, not to sound, not to brag or anything, but I mean, I, I had held a lot of different positions up to that point. And so it wasn't really the leadership skill set that I was interested in honing as much. Uh, but uh, I mean, obviously, we can all remain teachable. But what I was interested in is seeing how the world actually worked. Like, with, not as a leader, but seeing the inner workings of the world, just period. I'm a naturally curious person. And so I just use that curiosity to kind of fuel me, to be honest. And so, um, but the skill set that I left USC with, uh, I was a journalism major. I started off as a broadcast journalism major. And then I went into um, 
public relations on the, the PR side, which um, in a lot of uh, any sort of legal career, as far as I'm concerned, is PR. So there's a there's a there's a tip uh, for you there, Taryn, as well. But I took away from USC, like I said, time management, the ability to get along with people from different backgrounds, the ability to even budget because, you know, in student government, they give you budgets for the programs that you want to do. And, you know, Angela was like, I mean, she would look and check in on us, but it's like, I mean, if you're over budget, you're just over budget. Like that's not, you know, that's your issue. You have, you have to figure out how to make that work. And so and also public speaking goes because as a student leader, people are always calling your phone, wanting you to speak somewhere or weigh in, or the Gamecock may want to quote, or you may be asked to go be a guest on a podcast or for the campus radio station. I remember going to Chick-fil-A on campus, hungry, just trying to get just something to eat. And the, and the, the editor from the Gamecock, he like came up to me, like I was like paying for my food and he was like, oh, he's like, I really need a quote from you. And I was like, for real? And I was just like, well, can't it wait until after this chicken sandwich? <laughs> but it's like just the ability to always know that you can be called on at any moment. You know what I mean? And you're expected to answer. And so um, I think that that was also, you know, a skill. And that helped me, obviously, public speaking and being able to communicate have helped me as, you know, being a lawyer because you have to communicate on behalf of people all the time, whether you're communicating um, to a client or you're communicating to um, another attorney, you know, in whatever fashion, if a, if a judge is involved, uh, you know, there those communication skills and the ability to get your point across effectively will never be out of style, right? That will ne that will always be something that you need. Um, and the ability also to stay humble because there's definitely been some times, um, you know, it's easy when you're in the insulated collegiate environment and you're a student leader to think that you know everything and that you have it all together. You don't, and you don't. And so there's definitely been some times where, you know, I've had to accept criticism uh, whether that be from another attorney or in law school, law school is a very, it can be a very brutal environment and, um, learning how to take criticism and knowing how to argue. Now I'm not saying be argumentative, hear me, knowing how to argue and how to articulate a point in a way that is going to be the best way for the situation. Right. Um, and so that is a skill that I definitely took away. Um, but after serving with the Obama campaign and then going to law school, um, I think the another thing that I really another thing that just really helped me was knowing like myself and kind of how and what I mean is kind of what I said earlier, you know, I've never apologized for being a woman or being black or being from the South or anything or being an AKA or any of those things. Like I don't really apologize to people who don't necessarily know how they should view me. And so in law school, even though I had to eat a lot of humble pie, especially that first year, because they got your girl good that first year, but it was definitely, I was able to take it in and come out better because I knew who I was and I was, and I hadn't apologized to that point. And it really was a, a choice I had to make of how 
I just used everything that I already had inside me to continue to grow. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Um, you know, there is a beautiful art behind being able to take experiences, both good and bad. And all experiences are technically good for something. Right. Um, and, you know, take those in stride and continue to do just be more of who you are, right? So you're evolving. You're not necessarily changing who you are. It's just an evolution. So that would be my, that would be my advice. Embrace your evolution because you're going to go through a lot of things away from college, away from home, away from things that are familiar to you. And nothing is really being sent to break you. You know, I think it's just, it's, being sent to you so that you can learn how to master different skills and maybe um, learn what what things inside you need to be developed um, because we all have different personalities and different skills, uh, you know. But we also and we all have something to learn. So that would that would be, I guess, my my advice continue to learn and be curious and just embrace your evolution because you're going to evolve so much between now and getting prepared to law school and then going to law school and getting out of law school and graduating law school and actually becoming a lawyer. All of those are, are phases of the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And that's just not for anyone who's listening to this. I'm not, and I'm not advocating being a lawyer. That's just the path that I chose. That's the path that Taryn wants to go down. But to anyone else who's listening under the sound of my voice, just know that whatever your path is, you're going to change and evolve so much in the different stages and the different places that life is going to take you. And you need to do that, you know, just with, um, with a lot of hope and, you know, and keeping your, your goals to the forefront, right? We as South Carolina, as South Carolinians, as I breathe, I hope, right? Or while I breathe, I hope. So, you know, use that hope and, um, and make sure, you know, because that's what is what is going to keep you grounded as far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you so much. Does that help? It's crazy because even when you're mentioning it, it kind of, crossed my mind I didn't have as nearly big of a position as you Yvonne but I was the Theta Gamma delegate for dance marathons so I was the delegate for this yes so we did it the first year but Taryn can attest when you said criticism I kind of looked at her little box and I was like yes because Taryn would give me criticism and I'm honest now and I can say at first I was like Taryn no, this is not, you don't know what you're talking about. We don't know what we're doing. We're just going through it. But now looking back, like, they were good points. I took those points. You're right. And so even throughout this year, I feel like evolving, especially from a student leader to your professional career, but even throughout your four years, I'm a sophomore. And so have two years, taking criticism this year, going through campaigning, um, pledging to even taking on leadership positions in different aspects, that is so key to where um, I've learned that it's just essential in order to grow. So thank you for that. Um, and I mean, kind of bouncing off that, giving yeah. you criticism is something I had to learn as well, how to give that to people, especially being in a vice president or a president position. I've had, I've received it, I've given it, and I've had to learn how to, you know, embrace it. So great point. Great point. Well, and, and if I could say, leave you guys with one other thing I read somewhere um, it was a quote, and I don't even know who said it, um, 
but it was like, you know, life is full of supporters and detractors, but in the end, you'll thank them both, right? Because like, and, and you have to know, like you said, how to receive it and take it and know that most of the time, the person that's giving it only wants to see you do better. Um, but even for the haters, right? Even for the people who are like, I, I just, I just want to rag on you. In the end, you may could take what they have to say and still turn it for something positive, right? So it, it really is helpful. Yeah, I think I could talk cool. for two more hours. I really could. I, 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 I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, oh my God, I know I'm supposed to wrap up. But we literally answered one question about like your professional career and you just threw in campaigning, like the Obama campaign, threw in like just little things. I'm like, we have to talk about this. I want to bounce off you because I did Obama Foundation Community Leadership Corp. So I would love to talk to you about that too. So, yeah. well, I mean, we can continue the conversation offline at any time. Um, you know, I want to be respectful uh, to, uh, you know, whatever your goal uh, was for doing the podcast. And our um, editor, sound engineer, Brendan, and his expertise, I want to be <laughs> respectful because I don't know what else you guys have going on. But, you know, this has been a wonderful conversation. I, I hope that I've said something that's useful or um, you know, that's been encouraging or inspiring to someone because quite honestly, we're in such a, an unprecedented time right now, um, that, and I don't know who's going to hear this, but I just, I want whatever has happened in my life, good or bad to be used, you know, just to encourage other people. So hopefully I have been able to do that a little bit. You definitely have. I think it's perfect to end this with those words that you said that resonated with me and hopefully Taryn, but embrace your evolution. So with that, hopefully everyone that's listening, they, that can resonate with them, whatever their evolution is, whatever their path is, just to embrace it and take it on to the fullest. But thank you so, so, so much specifically. Uh, thank you to my chapter, the beloved chapter of the Theta Gamma chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Karen, as your last 48 um, hours of present, personal thank you for um, leading the way. Um, we did amazing chapter of the year this year, and I know that you're going to go on to do amazing things. And then special thank you for the collaboration between Theta Gamma and Student Government to bring Yvonne, thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your day to come. This was so enlightening, funny, relatable, as well as I learned so much from it. So thank you guys. And I hope that everyone that is listening will tune in for the next episode. So see you soon. This podcast is a part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.